Welcome everyone to the GoWP Digital Agency Owners Podcast, where we talk shop and we talk life with our colleagues in the WordPress community to find out the truth of their talents and the tricks of their trade. I'm Mariah Origa, GoWP's Director of Creative Services. And at GoWP, we create happiness for digital agencies and we help them become more profitable by joining others on our incredible, valuable weekly happiness hour calls or by helping them grow their team with a developer, copywriter, designer, or project manager, whatever they need. We also have services like case studies, website maintenance, and content edits that you can completely outsource to your team. You can learn more about GoWP and our services by visiting gowp.com or our social media channels, GoWP support on Twitter and GoWP everywhere else. Now, I'm ready to welcome today's guest. He is a great man. He's a friend. I mean, (laughs) we were talking (laughs) so much before we started recording. Our guest prides himself on having a small social media footprint, uh, which could make researching him for an interview a tad difficult. But I was able to pull together some questions and welcome him, the co-founder and CTO of Northwest Media Collective, Mr. Travis Buck. Welcome, Travis. Yeah, at this point, we go way back. (laughs) I know, like babies and pacifiers. Travis created his first website in 1994 and soon after began creating sites for businesses. He's been a developer, programmer, and he's founded several companies, including Northwest Media, which he founded with his partner and CEO, Abigail Spiker, in 2013. Now, we're going to get to this, but Northwest Media is a multi-award-winning, full-service digital agency offering everything from web design to e-commerce, video production, and the team is located in Vancouver, Washington. So welcome, Travis Buck. (laughs) Where do we begin? Let's begin at the beginning. Your path to creating Northwest Media. Uh, During my sleuthing, I found that you had various professional experiences, and you've worn lots of different hats, like a lot of agency owners, but you started studying audio and visual communications at Collins College. Just knowing you and knowing that how interesting you are and how open you are to using green screens and filters, I was wondering what your plan was by studying audio visual. It was the 90s, so you could have wanted to be the next Tarantino. So what was the plan back then? Like, or, you know, when did you stumble into websites and how did you find you could use those skills in your career? Yeah. My experience started even before the college, because really at that time I have a degree that's a failed shell college. And I think a lot of people, I'm the same way. I fell into this field. So even before college, you know, I built my first website in 94. So it was early, mid nineties. And I also started a small hosting company, like out of my own closet. Like I've seen a bunch at this point in web development. And back in the before times, I started building websites with no training. So in the nineties, the internet really was this whole beast. I was just sort of like self-taught HTML and PHP. I was on what you would call online forums back then, or like Yahoo chat rooms. And we were just people sharing code. So you'd figure out how to do a little pop-up or a widget. And you'd be like, hey, I built this cool thing. Here's some code. And people were just swapping code at that point. And 
even when I went to college, this is a graphic design degree I went for because they didn't have tracks for web development. Mm -hmm. So it was a graphic design degree and they went more into video and graphics. And then it touched on some HTML. It was like a side course of HTML. It was actually just one teacher who had just learned how to do Wi-Fi in his house mm -hmm. so he could be out on his hammock in his backyard. That was super cool technology back then. <laughs> Little did he know that society, I guess 30 years later, everybody would be working from home from their hammocks and HTML yeah, totally. was everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So you started your company and then, well, you landed in the field, like you said, and you started a company. You've said about yourself that you're the guy people go to when they've been through at least one developer and they've spent X amount of dollars and that you're the guy that comes in and builds the custom functionality the other developer couldn't. That sounds a lot to me like ability and know-how, but it also sounds a lot like customer service. And you and I were just talking about the way things used to be. And I feel like a focus on customer service is the way things used to be. Your company, Northwest Media, you've won, as I was saying at the top, you've won numerous awards. Back-to-back -back Vancouver Journal Best Business Award, the best of Clark County business, top SEO company. And I think I was seeing on, a, on your blog, but I, I didn't take note of it. You got another recognition more recently. Yeah, actually just like this month. Well, we have a, the local paper here. It's like a 2 million reader paper and they actually vote every year. So they do, it's best web design company in Clark County, in our county. Mm -hmm. And they first start out with like, people can nominate. So readers can nominate you know, best restaurants, best hotels, best bowling alley, best web design company. So we get nominated, then we're in the top five. And that's when it goes to like, the readers can actually vote. So then the readers vote among those top five. So we've been super fortunate. I mean, we've done good emails, but yeah, we've done good work. And people, our readers, our customers have voted for us. And so this year we are just listed as the best web design company in Clark County. So it's a pretty big major like award or like little bragging whites in our area. So super cool. Well, you know, I've knowing you for almost a year now and, and seeing how you operate, I know that leadership counts for something. You're a, a great leader. And I think uh, Abigail is also a, a fine leader too. Is it something about the team you put together or you know, products you, you take know, on? I, I've always wondered that. I've worked for, you know, two or three agencies at this point. So like off and on throughout my career, I've worked for other agencies and I picked up things that I wanted like in my own agency and stuff that I never got. Like mm. I was the guy at a previous agency where they kept a mattress up against the wall and you slept behind a server. Like you pulled the mattress down because when we would FTP files, like 200 megabytes of files, it would take overnight sometimes. Yeah. And if that internet stopped or failed, you had to re-upload again and get it going again. So mm -hmm. I very much, I wasted my 20s like grinding and like basically sleeping behind servers. And I've always known I haven't wanted that. So when I hired people, I wanted people to have regular like nine to fives. And I guess that's mm -hmm. what I've always strived for in this thing where we're like 
in a 24-7 world, the web world, people just expect they can email their web developers 9 p.m. at night and you will drop everything in Word. Mm -hmm. And so I've always wanted, yeah, my employees and like this company to have somewhat of a real nine to five thing and finding talented people. I think that's huge. I've been so fortunate to hire, you know, like my team goes way back. I have employees going back five plus years and it's just like honor. It seems like I've grown up with them. Like I've been in business with them for so long. You don't want to say, oh, it's like family, but it really is like family. Yeah. And I think what I've really tried to drive home and I've said it a lot. I always say a lot like we're rats on a ship. And so the idea of like, hey, we're all on this same ship together. So I've always tried to humor that away with everybody. And I think everybody gets it. If like something fails in this company, it's going to become a sinking ship. And sure, some of us will be able to swim away. Those of us with gray hair will never get hired in this <laughs> industry again. So I think I really hammered that down when I found really skilled people and they get it. We're all in the same boat. We all get the same paycheck yeah. from this company. So like delivering good products and like, you know, even seeing now my web developers going out of their way for clients, like I would always bend over backwards, putting in security plugins and backups. And now I see that even when clients haven't asked for mm -hmm. like fixes on their website, my web developers are spotting things and being like, oh, we should fix that. And then fixing it so that we can like look after clients, even when like they aren't asking us to. They're not being forced into that. And, you know, recently I've been reading about a phenomenon with speaking about the generational divide, something called quiet quitting. And what you just said made me think of that. The younger generations are being more insistent on just putting in the nine to five. They don't want you, they don't give their employer the demand on their time that a, a lot of us older folk or middle-aged folk that we had. So that is a way to appeal to that younger generation. So, you know, I have to ask you this, how many merit badges do you own? Because it seems like leadership skills is well-baked within you. Well, yeah, that's super ironic because, yeah, I was a Boy Scout for a super long time. <laughs> I only have one merit badge, like one official merit badge. I actually stayed, you know, like a, a troop leader for a number of years where I actually stayed leadership of like 12 to 15 boys and we would do all the stuff and we'd keep all the things. But in terms of merit badges, I kind of rebelled against having to do all the stuff, like go swim all the miles and like do all the stuff. I, I like the idea of like leadership and, you know, hiking out five miles, setting up your camp, taking down your camp and like surviving or staying out, digging a trench under a log and building a shelter. Like all that was cool. But the, the thing to earn the, like the merit badge parts, I kind of rebelled against. And I was actually nominated. So one of the coolest things in Boy Scouts is there's a nominate where your peers nominate you to something higher. It's called Order of the Arrow. So not every, not every Boy Scout gets to evolve into like the upper Order of the Arrow group. So I was actually nominated by my peers. They, they vote in, you know, two or three people a year to continue on and you get to go into Order of the Arrow. 
And then as an adult, as you get older, that group stays on. Mm -hmm. So that was like pretty cool to like, I've always looked back at like, oh man, the fact that like they <laughs> thought highly enough of me, you know, and these are 14, 15 year old kids. And the fact uh -huh. that they thought highly enough of me to vote me into this leadership position was like super cool. Well, I've seen other people in our space who think highly of you and your skills. And I've talked to members of your team who also value your leadership. So it's, that was a lesson well-learned by young Travis Buck and probably some skills that you applied during the pandemic. I heard you say, you know, survival skills and Boy Scouts have to adapt. The last two years, businesses have certainly had to adapt to the unforeseen future during the pandemic. What, if you look back at that time over the last two years, what has this experience taught you about leadership and how has it influenced how your team evolved over the last two years? So many things. I mean, really like grit and like flexibility because yeah the last two years have been super rough when the pandemic first hit we definitely were like everybody else we're a web company we have active website projects we have monthly retainers where they pay us for fixes and hosting and all my clients that got hit industry-wise the photographers the wedding photographers the wedding stopped the hotels I had where people weren't traveling anymore, a number of restaurants, people actually weren't going to restaurants at the beginning of the pandemic. So I, right away, the first two months of the pandemic, every single day was me picking up the phone to like a grown man crying about his companies going out of business. And at the same time, him telling me like, I have to cancel paying you either for maintenance or hosting. So like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm kind of going out of business too. Mm -hmm. So it was so surreal to kind of be in that moment of having, yeah, people kind of struggle going down on business. We weren't really down on business. Like we'd lost a bunch of business, but then the grit. So the people who stuck this out, like I've got clients, restaurant owners now, they stuck it out, they managed. And I just had a new restaurant owner of mine or longtime restaurant owner, but he bought a brand new restaurant. So like now they're growing and expanding. And it seems like people now are already, they've already been down and out or they've experienced close to rock bottom. So they're a little more like, okay, let's market, let's try new things, let's try TikTok. And they're more open to trying more things on the web. They know their website needs to be more mobile friendly. They know they need to like add videos and membership areas. And before the pandemic, I don't think that was seen as such a need, or I guess you were so risk adverse back then that now going through this pandemic, you're like, you know, I already lost a ton of work and I'm ready to take a gamble. So I think mm -hmm. the leaders and the companies coming out of this who've just been through this for the last two years mm -hmm. are coming out way stronger than they were. I definitely agree with everything you just said. And when you look at your own team, would you say the same about your own team? Like what new opportunities have you all, have, are you taking now that you might not have taken pre-pandemic? Yeah. Well, one of the, the random things that came out of this was a ton more videos. So, and a ton more like goofy videos. So mid-pandemic, 
we started doing my copywriter, he writes amazingly. I've got two people on staff who write videos. And we were just kind of like making goofy, like Halloween cartoon videos and videos that were like, hey, you know, we're down and out just like you are, but like, keep your head up and keep going. And like stuff breaking in the background, tornadoes going. <laughs> and they really were just like videos for us for like in that moment of time. I went through the dot-com. I worked for the dot-com bus. I was also working for a company during the 08 housing crisis. So I knew basically start pumping out social media. Like if anything, people just had to know you were still in business. So every week we were just pumping out content. We were just pumping out content in social media. I was pumping out on LinkedIn and I was just trying to do more posts. And some of them were just goofy, sarcastic posts of like, hey, we're in this moment with you. And like, hey, people aren't showing up and we're trying to get through this just like you are. And it resonated. And we actually got so many emails for people who also wanted video marketing and we got more TikTok. So we had more people. We do a little bit of video stuff, but pandemic hit. And then we had more people open to like, hey, can you do videos and scripting on TikTok? And mm -hmm. one of our recent ones was a guy taking a bite of deodorant, like just <laughs> random stuff on TikTok. <laughs> and I think it really took a pandemic to, I guess, push us over the edge or like, to try new things. So that's kind of been more video, more marketing stuff of where we're putting stuff now. I think, and this just comes off of knowing you and knowing your company and your team members. I think you're right. And we have to venture out and try new things, especially on social media and de developing new content. But I think, I, I want your opinion on this. I think at the core of it, has to be something authentically true about you or your business. Like working with Northwest Media in the past, we worked on case studies. And one of the things that I heard time and time again about, about Northwest Media is that the clients trusted you and your team, maybe because you focus on local, they know that you understood them and they, you understood their culture, but it put them at ease. So, I mean, would you say that before... You, a, an agency ventures out into this, they have to find out what's what's true and authentic about their brand or their mission before they go into the land of goofy storytelling. Because if it's not oh, in truth, you know, yeah, it comes absolutely. Off. Like I really am a sarcastic person. <laughs> Multiple people on my team are a sarcastic person. I'm Slack messaging people the other day, and I'm like, "Hey, are you a lefty?" And they're like, no, why? And I'm like, I'm firing all the lefties. I really wasn't. I'm I'm buying like ergonomic mice and I got to figure out who's left and who's right. But like, yeah, the soul of your team really has to know like where they're going with it. And I think I've always tried that like with my clients. So one of the pitches I've always had with our clients is we're a local Vancouver, Washington company. All my employees are from Portland, Oregon or Vancouver, like in the metro area. So we actually know the local area really well. My employees live here. We operate, we're buying homes here. We're in the economy. So I think that was always a selling point, like telling clients, you know, you're in this with them. Like, I want to spend my, my money locally. I want to do right by the community. 
And I think that's always like been selling points. So clients, clients, a lot of clients eventually trust me. They know I have their best interests. I, I hate charging the money that I charge, but they ultimately know that like, I want their website to work and to be on. I want them to get the emails and the phone calls. And yeah, it really is like, hey, we're trusting this web company to like mold and move our stuff. And at first, when they first come to you, you don't have that a lot. So you you had to convey a little bit about yourself and your background. Like, hey, I'm a local person. I know, you know, I grew up here. I know the way that people operate. I know what I want out of this. And if I were you, I would go this route. So it takes a lot of trust. And yeah. I think you have to build that rapport. And eventually, once your clients get it, they get it, they they trust you with their dollars, which mm-hmm. to me is like an amazing honor, the fact that somebody would like trust me with the amount of money and I don't want to F that up. Well, let's let's talk about your knowledge of your community a bit more. We played the game once before. <laughs> How well do you know Vancouver? Or it could, subtitles is sure, it could all be true. But according to our research, unfortunately, these are the same questions I've asked you before <laughs> because I didn't have a I'll chance probably to- I'll forget them. I know, <laughs> I, I can remember the answers we found before. But in today's rendition, I'm going to ask you again because I thought it was a fun game. So how well does Travis know Vancouver? Travis, according to Amazon.com, based on your residence purchases, Vancouver is the seventh most blank city. Is it A, entrepreneurial, B, home improvement, C, romantic, or D, studious? I can repeat it if you need. It can't be studious. It's got to be like entrepreneur. Is that your final answer? That is. The answer is C, romantic. Oh, man. Vancouver is the seventh most romantic city, I guess, in the country. (laughs) I should have narrowed that down. (laughs) Two, by law, you can't attach this to a utility pole unless you have consent from the utility company. Is it A, a pet, B, a directional sign, C, a vending machine, or D, a small man? Man, I almost kind of remember this, like being a small man, but I can't really remember. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say vending machine. Vending machine is correct. (laughs) I remember it was something weird. I remember vending machine and small man are both weird. (laughs) Okay, three. By law, you cannot walk around in public in Vancouver if you knowingly, A, left your car running, B, have a cold, C, owe someone money, or D, failed high school gym. Oh man, <laughs> this is so random. Yeah, I guess I can't walk around in public if I owe somebody money. I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess if it's a mafia town, you probably can't. I know. I know. The, the correct answer is have a cold. Now, I don't know the year of that yeah. statute. So I can see like back in the 1800s, it's very possible. But you know, I wonder I if that was like during the first pandemic. They're just like, maybe <laughs> that's <that."> right. <laughs> this is like a stay alive type four. And this is the final question. It is punishable with a fine or imprisonment to harass A, 
women with names beginning with the letter J, B, men with the names beginning with the letter B, C, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, or any undiscovered subspecies, or D, the high school gym teacher who wouldn't pass you? Oh, from the walking question. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, definitely from what I know out here, it's like the Sasquatch, like Bigfoot is gold. I actually was camping up on a mountain. We went to a cabin last weekend and I almost freaking bought this Bigfoot like magnet thing I was going to send to you. Like, uh <laughs> like he, he is like golden. So we aren't allowed. I just know this one. Like we aren't allowed. If you're to discover Sasquatch, which a lot of people here believe it, you are now allowed to like make contact with it. Oh, really? You have to just, <laughs> you have to just let him be. You just have to get blurry photos. Yeah. Yeah. Always blurry photos. I'm like, <laughs> I just, I found, I have Roku and I just found Unsolved Mysteries. There's an Unsolved Mysteries channel. And I grew, I was, grew up and was terrified by that show. I watched an episode with a Sasquatch and I'm like, okay, but the, the images are so, I mean, yeah. having the theater background that I have, like, that's just a bad costumer, you know, in yeah. the blurry picture. But I think in this day and age with, you know, there, there are movie festivals for films shot on iPhones. I don't know that yeah. you can get away with that anymore. These blurry images of Sasquatch. No. <laughs> yeah. It's like, people purposely went out with really bad cameras yeah. and like now that we have good like visual cameras we aren't seeing the photos like that anymore they're like oh they're too good so what do you think will happen to the story of sasquatch do you think that it, it will be i don't know i might so i'm in a group that yeah these crazy people who go out <laughs> searching for bigfoot every weekend and I, i'm in the facebook group so i don't actually go out searching but i'm waiting for these people who do go out every weekend because they swear he's got to be found here somewhere in the area. Or, hey, Sasquatch, if, if he exists, he should have been caught on yeah. Google Earth by now, you know, or know, one totally. of those two cars driving around would have captured Sasquatch. Oh my God, totally. <laughs> and we have the big Sasquatch UFO combination festival Ooh. every year. So it's like, yeah, these people are like great fun, but I'm waiting that every weekend I see them posting about going and searching and they're hardcore about it. Like dead of winter, they will go out and they're going to go find Sasquatch. Man, I'm surprised. <laughs> like how did Robert Stack, he's, he's passed on now, but how did he not make it up your way in like the eighties and nineties when Unsolved Mysteries was, was a big I, show? We have a couple from, you know, Oregon. Cause I remember that show being on when I was a kid. I'm from that generation where like, the parents sent you outside. You were not to come home till the street lamps turned right, off. Right, right. And the kids who didn't come home, they ended up on unsolved mysteries. It was just yeah. coming. Yeah, we were that generation. Um, no. But we can survive. I mean, you know, we, we can survive stuff, unlike many generations. But yeah, we all the stuff from Oregon and Washington unsolved mysteries are all the ghost stories. Like everybody up here is just a hippie, happy go lucky person. <laughs> So they're all ghost stories or somebody goes missing in the middle of the night and they're standing by the side of the road as a ghost. Like that's like all of our unsolved mysteries. And those blurry photos yeah. of Sasquatch. So <laughs> you did very well on those questions. So I have a question about your future. You're an award-winning agency with clients who sing your praises. What do you look forward to accomplishing with Northwest Media in the coming year? Yeah, I guess I'm more excited to see like the new business owners emerging from this. So like 
we're starting to get a ton more new businesses, especially like in the government demographics that we haven't like gotten before. And so these are the ones that stayed up. They, they stayed in business. They survived this. Maybe their web companies haven't. So they're like reaching out. They're also looking for companies like us who've survived this. So I guess what I'm more excited about is like that, building up talking, we have like this shared experience we've all gone through now. So hearing these other business owners where I'm like a business owner and like, hey, you've went through this, I went through this. And like the emergence of like conversation, like the camaraderie we get from that now, it's like connected now with other small business owners that I haven't had before. I want to say a lot more stuff on video. I'm really excited about you know, the stuff on TikTok now, I just read recently that more people search TikTok than Google, like for things to do. Mm-hmm. And I've got a social media manager. And at one point she was like, yeah, I search on TikTok more than I search Google to like find things to do. And I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm like, so boomer. I'm like, how is that a thing? <laughs> but it like, it makes me want to like follow that platform more just because mm-hmm. the idea of like video, even YouTube is yeah still up and growing even though it's totally saturated Mm -hmm. but the idea that people can take hand phone or hand like a cell phone in hand do a small video do some sort of promo ad for yourself like before if you wanted to do a small video commercial it was like a multi-camera setup sometimes you had a green screen Mm -hmm. now it can tiktok really makes it amateur hour You can do a semi-decent video on your phone by yourself promoting something. It doesn't have to just be a goofy dance. So I think that platform is still kind of growing into its own. I think business owners are finally finding it. And everyone's testing out what things work on it, what things don't work on it. You have the Mm -hmm. small gym owners testing out, showing off their workout routines and their meal planning. Of course, you have the kids randomly dancing. And you have other businesses who are like trying to legit show you, here's some like cool life hacks of how we do things. So it seems like that's kind of the new wild, wild west with like video and video on the web and how best to like market with video. And the fact that we can like put video on websites now so easily when that used to be like this whole thing about how to use video and how to integrate it on the web and embedding it and de-host it on YouTube and like all this stuff. So and I guess that's where I see. That, and, you know, wait, just to tag along with what you're, you're saying, they don't have to be perfect. You know, I think people appreciate, you know, I, I see lots of, I went to a chiropractor for the first time a few months ago, and it was unbelievable the number of chiropractors that I could find through YouTube who would do a demonstration. I was a little nervous about going and, you know, there were so many doctors who just from a cell phone probably were talking about their process online. So don't be afraid to not be perfect. Yeah. And before the pandemic, like we have a big, one of my rooms downstairs is a big green screen. We've got videographers before the pandemic. It was so common of like, a local dentist or yeah, a chiropractor to call up. Okay, well, we'll drive out to you. We'll go set up these cameras and we will make the perfect staged video. When now it's like, I think the pandemic helps that in a way of like, 
No, the video doesn't have to be perfect. It can be kind of amateur hour. It can be done on your phone. And yeah, you don't have to edit it multiple times. If you mess up, you keep talking and yeah. people get that. So like, we're all just used to seeing that. Like today on this podcast, I've gotten tongue twisted so many times. <laughs> we should have and been just... recording the whole time. Like there's a whole chat before this episode. I know. I was like, oh, we're dropping lots of golden nuggets here. <laughs> well, we'll just record it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, our mission is to create happiness. How are you creating happiness for yourself? Well, it's totally ironic. So in the middle of like the pandemic, I found this whole community. So I'm an average online gamer. I play random games. I found this average, basically, community of these thousands of adult players, like Fortnite dad players. So I found a couple of different Facebook groups. So these are parents that basically get their kids down at night. They get a beer, get some wine. And then you get up and you just kind of talk about your crappy day. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know how I found it. So sometime during the pandemic, because we were all just going online looking for each other. And so I stumbled across them. And so I found like these nightly gamers and I've been playing almost every night for like two years. And like one of the people I met, she had never gamed before in her life, just a local hairdresser, randomly bought an Xbox, downloaded Fortnite only because it was free. Uh -huh. And yeah, it has chat ability. So you can put headset on, you can put a mic on and you're chatting and it has a whole area of just adult gamers. So like you're just in groups of like 16 people, just like almost in a chat room talking about your day. So it's, it's been like this weird little COVID outlet of mine. So it's kind of turned into this hobby of gaming and now I like found my people. And so every night for two years, I hop on, I see who's on, I catch up with these other parents. Well, and parents, there's no better way than to make one of these sites unpopular with your kids, like making them popular with adults. <laughs> well, what brought these people together is most of these are parents trying to get better at the game so that their kids will keep playing with them because the yeah, kids yeah. Them get better. You know, I play with like 50 year olds. I play with 70 year olds, like yeah. grandparents and their kids don't want to play with them. And most of them are secretly on at night trying to get better at the game. So <laughs> it, yeah, it's so, it's so stealth random. training. <laughs> yeah, it's it. so <laughs> random. And like, you're there with a common bond. You're like, oh my God, like, yeah, I get it. Like I want to be better and I want to play with my kids. <laughs> Well, I love it. You're giving agency advice and parenting advice. Thank you, Travis. Thank you so much for the conversation today. And if you would like to read more about Travis's company, you can go to northwestmediacollective.com. That's northwest spelled out mediacollective.com um, slash services. And uh, I want to thank you again for this and many other conversations that we've had. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you can to this podcast and you can get this and other podcasts, other episodes, anywhere you get your podcast <laughs> or just check with your kids. And just a quick reminder at GoWP, we want to help you become more profitable. So whether it's by listening to these podcasts, coming to a weekly happiness hour, watching our webinars or growing your team, we got you covered. 
So go to gowp.com to read more about our services and you can schedule a call. 